BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy... Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. That's right, congratulations. Congratulations, class of 2004. We did it. It is Friday. Congrats, Jax. Congrats. Thank you, Claude. You know, I need this Friday. I need the Mm. weekend. It's been a jam-packed week for your girl. So much toast, so much driving. I went out two nights this week. Like crazy. I am tie red. The girl is beat. The girl is beat. So I'm looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to this Friday show. A little. It's gonna be a very Friday episode. I feel because the stories are light as air. Yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag. And the girlies are tired. So you never it's, know what you're gonna get when you have that combination. I just feel like whenever we have a show like this, right after we wrap, something major happens. I mean, it was like last week that Raquel and Tom's scandal came out after like a measly Friday episode. Yeah. And I just can't wait to see what the universe has in store for us at 1130. You want to make a prediction? What's like the craziest thing that could happen? That's a good question. What's so crazy? It's like you could never predict. That's the point. Right. That's the thing. You can't predict it because it's so crazy and unpredictable. It's unpredictable. Oh, What song is that? Unbelievable. Oh, Oh, that's what I thought. But I'm like, that's not the words. Yeah, I just, I kind of improved. I'm kind of musical like that. You're kind of like a Jonas brother, like just singing and dancing. I'm a Jonas sister for sure. But I'm Kevin because you don't want to hear me on the mic, but I have a lot to contribute to the group. I'm so glad you brought that up because so last night me and Snitch went to the Jonas Brothers are doing this really cool thing. It's like promo for their new album um, where they took over a Broadway theater in New York City this entire week and every night they're doing a show and every night they're focusing on one of their albums. So last night was Lines, Vines and Trying Times and like I chose to go to that one because to me Lines, Vines and Trying Times is such an iconic album. Do you not agree? It's such an iconic album. If I could go to any one of their albums, can I... May I? I would have gone to the night before. Which was like Jonas Brothers? No, that was their first one. And then there was the second one that had like, when you look me in the eyes. And also, love, love today. Okay, I just need to look, oh, a little bit longer. Yes, a little bit longer and I'll be fat. And that's also burning up. So good. You know Pushing what that song me means to me. Away. Jackie, you know what burning up means to me, right? High heels, red dress. Oh, no. Um, color war in school. Ninth grade color war. Like, we had to write a cheer. And our team, like, all the, the school was split up into teams, and every team was a different element. So the ninth graders were fire. Um, and we went to a Jewish day school. So it was like partially Hebrew, too. So fire in, in Hebrew is Aish. And we wrote like a pretty fire song to burning up. Um, I forget how it goes. I would imagine we're hot. I've I, yeah, of course. They're cold. We, I've sung it on the toast before. Um, how does the chorus go? I'm slipping oh, into yeah. the lava. It was in Hebrew. And I don't remember. I've Whatever. Trying to keep from going under. So Margo and I Maybe went to the concert last night, and I really. So I. Would have assumed that like lines, vines, and trying times is like 
like one of their better albums. And I guess I'm not really like deep into the fandom. So like everyone who was there was like giggling before the show started. And I was like, what am I missing? And the Jonas Brothers get on stage and they basically say like, we, we know this is like our flop album. I'm like, what? I had no idea. And then they were explaining, you know, they had just had a little bit longer, which had sold like 500,000 copies. And yes, Lines, Vines and Trying Times went number one, but it sold 200,000 copies. And, you know, the label never put out a second single. And that was the last album they did together for the like for the next 10 years wow and they were like you know we really experimented a lot on this album with like country with orchestra with r&b and then i did remember there's this like moronic song on the album with common let me go look it's called something don't do a crime something a crime and everyone like before the show was talking like do you think they're gonna sing the common don't song don't charge me for the crime and the Jonas Brothers, they go in order, and when it came up to that common song, they started to play it, and then they're like, no, we're kidding. We're not playing that song. It's it's really, it's horrible. Oh, my um, God, I have to listen to it now. And then when I was, like, sitting through the album, like I'm like, yeah, I guess it is this kind of, like, mixed bag of different genres, and, like, it is a little all over the place, but it's not bad by any means. Like, there really are a few, you know, no. their iconic bangers. And my with favorite me. Jonas Brothers song is on this album, which I guess makes it, like, if you go by that standard, like maybe it's my favorite album because I need this one song and that's Fly With what Me. What is it? Fly With Me. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Fly When With they Me is the bop of the century. So like how could it be a flop album with their best song on it? And they did Before The Storm on that album too. Before The Storm. And, and also sing- Much Better is Taylor iconic Swift. because it's like a slam song, whatever those are and called. And World War Three. No, you can't have a World War Three. So good. I like, honestly, I don't agree that it's like their flop album, but like they believe it, the fans believe it, but they were like all along for the ride. And I guess I really didn't like put into perspective that it was the last thing they did for 10 years. Um, and it was the thing that like really tore them apart. And it is kind of all over the place. Like they had a fiddler come for one of the songs where they were clearly experimenting with country. They had like an orchestra of strings come in for when they were clearly experimenting with strings. So it is all over the place, but I enjoyed it. I think the best album that I would probably, the concert I would want to go to is the Jonas Brothers album because there's SOS, Hold On, Goodnight and Goodbye, That's Just the Way We Roll, Hello Beautiful, When You Look Me in the Eyes, Just Friends. I think I would still want to go to a little bit longer. A little bit longer has oh just burning up love bug a little bit longer a little bit longer and i'll wait so the reason why i brought it up is because you know i'm I'm constantly one thing about me i'm constantly studying the dynamics of the jonas brothers like i find it interesting especially given the fact that they actually broke up for 10 years because of said dynamics um and you know in the beginning and they had referenced this and they do every time they talk about the split how like kevin was really towards the end like feeling uninspired and nick and joe like were like starting to leave him out and doing performances without him and he just said like he was feeling left out and he wasn't you know feeling it and he was not practicing the guitar and yeah he's like he said I I was playing the notes but I wasn't reading between the lines damn poetic and I just want to say last night Kevin was reading between the lines like he was giving everything he was giving vocals he was giving dancing like to me it's always like oh who's the star Nick or Joe Kevin was the star Kevin's the glue because those Kevin's two the and their egos are so inflated, they're going to fly away. But Kevin is the one that tethers them to the ground. And so Margo and I were seated right behind Kevin's daughters. Oh my God, Jackie, you never saw something so cute. They were gripped, like literally white knuckling the bar in front of them, staring at their dad, like dying for his attention, waving. And he knew where they were. And it was a really small theater. So he waved to them like a thousand times. And it wasn't enough. Like every time they got a wave, they needed another wave. It was so cute. And they all had little iPhones. They were like zooming in on their dad. And, it just, and they brought friends. Like it just made me think like how cool to have and you know rock stars are rock stars but I feel like Kevin Jonas is really normal he's like a family guy I saw a comment that said like Kevin Jonas was put on this earth to be a dad and a part-time rock star and it's so true and I just thought like how cool to be like a girl and you know all young girls like idolize their dads but like your dad actually is an idol it was so me and Margot we were watching the kids more than we were watching the show it was so cute that is so cute it was adorable it was a great it's actually a really good concept for like promo for your album. We were going to go tonight, which is Happiness Begins, but we've seen Happiness Begins right. at 
MSG. So I thought, when am I ever going to be able to hear lines, vines, and trying time? No, it was a moment in time. That's for sure. It was a moment in time. And I guess maybe I look like I see the album, you know, in perspective as being so iconic simply because of the title. Oh, yeah. It rhymes. The title is lines, vines, and trying times. Like it was everything. Yeah. But it wasn't. No, I can understand how they got carried away with themselves. Like they were at their peak. I'm sure the record label was like, oh my God, we just broke records. Do another one. Do a flip. And they're yeah. like, okay, let's do, let's try this. Yeah. And it flopped. But not flopped. to me. No, no. Me, me neither. I didn't even know. I didn't know like the undercurrent of drama until I got there. And everyone's like, lines, vines, and trying times. I'm like, yeah, lines, vines, and trying times. <laughs> That's funny. Such a good title. Um, so it was a great night out with the snitch, which is always. Tell me about her. It was great. You know, she works so hard. I feel like when I see her on weekdays, she has like, like kind of like toxic, chaotic energy. Yeah, like toxic workplace unwinding. Yeah. And yesterday, you know, she worked so hard. And she also has been kind of taking my my co-pilot seat in this Nashville Taylor Swift. She's got this spreadsheet going. She started the group chat. She has she's another finding, job now. She's finding accommodations. Like she actually, once I got the suite, which like I take full credit for, counselor really took the reins and I think she was like mad at me yesterday because she heard on the toast like I didn't credit her with like doing much but I said I'm like you didn't do anything at the time that I recorded I said when I record tomorrow I will give you proper credit which who is exactly what that? I'm doing who the fuck said that I know I was a little my antennas went up I'm like you're listening to the toast no she didn't so someone literally went out of their way to tell her Claudia took credit for the box people are always taking shit we say about Margot out of context and like gaslighting her in her DMs. And then she, she doesn't even listen she just take, takes what that person says and gases us up for I it. I know but it's great because then like she yells at us and it's like you need to listen to the episode. And if you, if you didn't listen to the episode, then you can't yell at us. And no, and either it means like she'll listen to our episode, which is so cool for us, or she has to drop it. Well, she's yelling at us, um, which means she's talking to us, which is right. Cool. It's a form of communication. Yelling. hundred percent. A hundred percent. So it was a great night out with the snitch, a GNO. Great night out. Great night out. Yeah. So that's what I did what did you do I saw you were like out and about I was out and about I was at my friend Erica's birthday party it was a little karaoke sushi party and it was so fun I hadn't like gone out like I've gone out to dinner a little bit but I haven't gone out to like a party in forever mm -hmm. so I was partying two things about your party one our sister Olivia is such a queen because like I just know her so well and one thing I know about Olivia is she actually does not like to wear colored lipstick like she's very again even though she has the biggest most she doesn't perfect wear lips. lipstick period she will wear a clear gloss maybe like a little tint of pink but no, she does not, not like even a like I try and get her to put on my lipsticks all the time and it's so unfair because if you ever study Olivia's face you will see the perfect pair of lips like right. it's actually she's undeserving so you guys were taking a bunch of pictures at this birthday party you were at last night and Olivia had like this kind of Merlot looking tint to her lips and I'm like I know that bitch is drinking red wine because she never wears lipstick yeah and you know what? She looked gorgeous. Yep. Gotta get her a Merlot lip stain. She should start a line. Of like wine stained lip stains. Yeah, because she clearly likes that. I thought the same thing when I was looking through my pictures. I was like, Olivia's and got a nice lipstick on. It was nice. Mm -hmm. The second thing, speaking of you went to a sushi party, I didn't even tell you this. But you know, I'm doing my series on social media where I try new foods I've never tried before because you guys know I'm the pickiest eater. And I forgot that I recorded this because I had like been like drunk at dinner and I just recorded it. And I literally forgot about it until two days ago. I was scrolling through my camera roll. I tried um, spicy tuna sushi. So I heard the, uh, I was driving Olivia and she like, I guess her phone was malfunctioning and it kept restarting your video. I, I, I'm like, however you open your video, it was the first five seconds over and over and over again. I like got the point that you were trying sushi, but I was driving so I couldn't watch at all. And I have no idea what happens in the video now. Okay, so let me tell you how I tried spicy tuna roll. Let me say I went to a place called Sake no Hana and the spicy tuna roll that was like on the sushi platter did not have seaweed in it. It was just rice. Oh, it doesn't? No, it's usually crispy rice, spicy tuna, avocado maybe a little sauce and a jalapeno that you could take it or leave it no I'm sorry I'm not talking about crispy rice I'm talking about spicy tuna roll oh okay yes a, a roll would have CBDS yes. yeah and I've never I've had spicy tuna crispy rice and I like that because it's literally like fried food but I've never had like a proper sushi roll okay so, so it, it was rice it was rice around tuna with like a layer like a little fillet of avocado on top I don't know how they held it together without the Seaweed. Was there like rice paper or something? No. Hmm. Okay. And so that's why I was like a little bit more open to trying it because I 
do not fuck with seaweed. Like, I don't like the smell. It makes me, like, it's so fishy. Um, and I tried it. And let me tell you how good it was. So good. It was, I was shocked. I, th I ate the whole thing. It was delicious. But now, how do I go to a sushi restaurant and order a spicy tuna roll with no seaweed? Just try that. See what happens. Okay. It might be, like, falling apart a little bit, but you don't care about what it looks like, just what it tastes like. No. Maybe it had, like, rice paper. I don't know. It had something. Yeah. Try it with rice paper instead of seaweed. It was so good. And like then I dipped it in soy sauce and I was living for it. Or you could even it. get it cucumber lined. No, no, I need rice. Cucumber and rice, Wenchy Lou. I don't but, need to add like a vegetable into the mix, you, you know? You love a cucumber. You are a cucumber. Okay, I don't love cucumber. Like I definitely will eat cucumber. Like I tolerate You're cucumbers. You're obsessed beyond. I'm obsessed? <laughs> <laughs> no, like if somebody's like, do you eat vegetables? I'm like, yeah, I'll eat a cucumber. Yeah. And you like That's how like, I make you a bowl of cucumbers with a little salt. I do. I like a really dry cucumber. Like I think people like need to start like drying their cucumbers and then like a little pinch of salt. I think that's delicious. I saw recently that you're not supposed to keep cucumbers in the fridge. Really? We need a master list of where fruits and veggies are supposed to go. Because I keep stuff in the really fridge great. that apparently I'm not supposed to. And I keep stuff in my fruit bowl that apparently is supposed to go in the fridge. Like lemons. Yeah, that makes sense. Avocado. I saw this guy putting in the fridge. Do you put onions in your fridge? No, you're not supposed to. Yeah, okay, I just learned that. Ben is like always leaving them out. I'm like, put them in the fridge. He's like, no, they don't go in they the They don't fridge. go in the fridge, but they're ugly and they're smelly, so I wish I could tuck them away. And then, so then I'm, I've been starting like a drawer of ugly counter items, such as onions, potatoes, garlic. And now I have a smelly drawer. No, and it's like, okay... Sometimes you only need half an onion. So what do you do with the other half? You oh, leave you, it on the counter? No, you put it in tinfoil and you put it in the fridge until it rots and then you could throw it away. <laughs> oh, okay, good. That, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right thing to do. Aye, aye, Captain. Good to know I'm doing something right. Because you're never going to actually use it. You're just, unless, it. Unless magically the next day you need an onion. But you don't. No, you never do. Never do. And if you bought a bag of onions like I did, I'm never going to get through the bag. So I might as well use a fresh onion instead of this old one from the fridge. I'm never going to reach for like the thing that's half open. Oh, and I'm never going to remember that that's what that ball of tinfoil in my fridge is. A hundred percent. And I'm it never going to even open it to find out what it is because it's scary to open no, an unidentified tinfoil bowl. And you're ball. pregnant. You can't just be like opening things like the smell. You have to take care of your body. You have to protect yourself. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I tried sushi and I couldn't believe that I actually like, I didn't even just tolerate it. Like I actually liked it. That's so amazing. I'm so glad you can it's add crazy. it to the repertoire. I know. I think like maybe next time, like I will order like a spicy tuna roll. Yeah. When you like order sushi, get spicy tuna, no seaweed. And then also order what you would usually order just in case course, they mess it up. Of course. As a backup. Yeah, yeah. You need backup. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so it's just like a brief update from Jackson Claude as we head into the weekend. Maybe I'll have sushi this weekend. Maybe Jax will go to another party. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know what I'm up to this weekend. Now that I'm, I'm like it easy. driving, gonna take it easy for sure. But it's also fun to like do weekend things. And now that I'm a driver, like I need to keep up this momentum of driving yeah, every day because it's do. making a huge difference. Like by the time you get of down course. here, Turdy Lou, you, me, and Tesla are gonna take the town. You're gonna be able to pick me up from the airport. That's a little extreme, unless I can get there without going on the highway. You definitely cannot. No, I definitely can. It will take me two hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, also, oh, one thing that's like annoying about this weekend is Ben's out of town. He's on a golf trip. And like, I like have to sleep alone. I was up all night, like literally every time I heard something, like it woke me up and I was just having the worst night sleep ever. Like I hate sleeping alone. Okay. But would you rather sleep alone because Ben's not there or have been there and find a can of moldy beans? Have been there and find a can of moldy wow. beans. Wow. Yeah. Like nights up, like being awake at night and scared and alone, which happens to be every time Ben's out of town, is one of my least favorite life experiences as a human being. Yeah. No, I understand that completely and I don't know why how don't, you would ever do it in a house oh my god yeah why don't you invite like someone to sleep over what about the snitch what if you said snitch like why don't you staycation at my place this weekend the dogs could be together That's she would literally never Margot loves her apartment like I respect that I do but she would never what if you pack up your things and go to the snitches she's a queen size bed honestly like I don't think it's enough for the two of us and the dogs and the dogs why don't you just ask her and invite her like see what she says 
Let me send her a text. Like, yeah. I'll read her response She's going to think you're, like, joking. But try and say it in a way that she knows you're serious. Ben's out of town this weekend, comma. Do you want to pack up your stuff and bring Magnolia and spend the weekend, question mark? Right, slumber party, exclamation point. Like a slumber party? She's going to roast me. It's such a cute idea. She's going to be like, no, I'm going to have this and this, and I just can't. I have no time. Uh, no, 100%. She's like, You're ser- are you serious? You know I have this and this this weekend. <laughs> Let's see what she says. Delivered. This is like a form of self-harm. A hundred percent. Like putting yourself in the most vulnerable position and like knowing the results, but doing it You're anyway. You're about to get like pummeled. Beyond. I'm like actually afraid. But like wouldn't, that, check in, wouldn't that be fun for you? Yeah, of course. Check in on me in like 10 minutes because I always forget. The last time I... I was like, let me text Olivia. You guys remember that like two weeks ago and then yes. I forgot. And I, and I just want to say. So the thing we was, tr- I was telling you that Olivia uses all lowercase in her phone. It's like set to auto lowercase. At least it used to be all of her contacts are lowercase, whatever. So Claudia like didn't believe me. So I was like, at, text her and ask for an old friend's number. And I'm telling you, it will come through. The contact will come through with lowercase. So you, and it did. And it did. Lower M, lower M, lower K. Our sisters should know if we're ever texting them between the hours of 1030 and 12. Like it's, They're being set up. It's happening on the podcast. It's a trap. <laughs> if it feels like a trap, you're already like, the thing in is, one. It's not. Like, this isn't a trap for Margo. We hope she says yes. No, it's definitely a trap. Like we're, It's literally entrapment. Like We know the results and we're doing it anyway. <laughs> but we're really hoping that she, yeah, we're hoping she doesn't fall for it, but we know she will. Entrapment. Right. Also, speaking of Taylor Swift lyrics, to, tonight is opening night of the eras in Glendale. I'm like, I have, like, I actually have regrets for not going because it's the one show that Paramore is opening for. And I know Ben would have fucking loved that. Who's opening in Nashville? Grace. It depends. It's different every, literally every single night in Nashville. Oh. Um, the one that we're going to, I believe, is Gracie Abrams. But the night before is Phoebe Bridgers. And that's why Margo wanted to do Friday night. But everybody else said Saturday night. She likes Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know. I don't. Margaret's like just like on the pulse of like what's cool, you know, like always. I know Phoebe Bridgers is cool, but I also know Snitch's music taste. No, Snitch loves that song Funeral. Oh my God, we wouldn't even make it in time for the opener knowing us. No, of course not. We got to go to dinner. We, we got to have 20 drinks. people. Well, that's a lot of Ubers to call. Um, so not only is it opening night tonight, wishing everyone the best. Um, but Taylor also surprised us yesterday by releasing four songs. Three of them are not new, unless you're like a new Taylor Swift fan. You probably haven't heard them, but there is one new are song. Are they on like other a- albums or they're like from the Target edition? No, they're, oh, that's a really good question. No, they're not on the Target edition. They're from other albums. Actually, like, where are they from? Well, okay, so Safe and Sound was a song she wrote for The Hunger Games. I know it. I believe Eyes Open is also for The Hunger Games. Love. And then if this was a movie, she released as a vault track for Fearless. But I thought it was on Speak Now. And does it go, if we were a movie? No, it goes, come back, come back. Do you know that one? Keep going. It sounds familiar. Come back, come back, come back to me. What do you think the next word is? Come back, come back, come back to me now. Oh, okay, so she literally, I, my whole life I thought it was, come back, come back, come back to me, Eli, you would, you would if this was a movie. And I guess that was like Taylor's era of like kind of slurring her words and singing in cursive. I'm not the only person who thought it was Eli, but when she re-recorded it, she's a little bit more um, pronunciative. And I am now realizing it's come back, come back, come back to me like you would, you would if this oh. was a movie. Um, the whole time I thought she was singing to some guy, Eli. I'm like, oh, how lucky for him. Yeah. Just like no. Steven. Hey, right. Steven, I could give that was her era, reasons. Drew. Yeah, of calling people out. Right. And like nobody's. Nobody's. But then they became somebody's and she was like, nah. Oh, speaking of Taylor calling people out, you know, one of the songs on Lines, Finds, and Trying Times, Much Better, mm-hmm. is a song Joe wrote about Taylor after she had written Better Than Revenge. Um, and it's like actually a really mean song, and it's very clearly about Taylor. He references like the teardrops on my guitar. He references a superstar. And he did give a little speech before, because it's like, you know, like a song like that might not fly. And Same with Better Than Revenge. Well. And neither, Better Than Revenge is not Angel. Well. not it's very well. mean. It's very mean, and it's like, it's pitting women, you know, it's taking, blaming women for men's discretions. Yeah, yeah. 
So his song doesn't age well and neither does hers. Um, but he made like a little speech and like everybody knew what song was coming up next because they were going in chronological order. And he was just like, you know, we've all moved past it. Uh, we're all grown up. He was like giggling and everyone was giggling and it was clear like there's no bad blood, you know, I love everyone. And so if I felt okay singing along because it is kind of like a bop. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure everyone's really happy about it except for Camila Bell who really just never bounced back from all of this. You are so fucking right. I'm sure everyone's having a nice big laugh about it and we can now perform it and like, you know, take the sting out of it, but it still stings for her. Was Camila Bell in Monte Carlo? No. Oh. Just everyone in it looks like her. Okay, Margot answered. And you know what? She obviously said no, but it was kind of sweet. Oh. I love you dearly, and that is so cute of you, but I enjoy my bed and my home too much. I literally knew she was going to say that. Do I know the snitch? You do. It still hurts. Why don't you come here for the weekend? I have two events on Saturday night. Events, events? Miss. You want to go to events? Events, events. I want to go to events. Invite me to your events. What are, yeah. what are the events? Uh, Remy's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And then another friend's birthday party. Oh. Cool. Just like birthday central. Cool. Yeah, sorry. Okay. It might have been a good time for me to come if I wasn't literally coming like in a week and a half. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like I gave you like a lot of really good options. I'm out of options. Unless like one of your friends listening to this episode like over. happens to also be solo this weekend wants to sleep at turdy's Every, it's a slumber party at turdy's everyone's welcome or if someone wants to like invite you to stay with them and they have like you know a situation that would be turdy friendly yeah like a gorgeous guest room on the beach right 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 no but you have events right. events events i want to go to events invite me to your events so i feel like it's time yeah, we like low-key dilly-dallied for 30 minutes, even though we had like nothing of value to say. It's good because we have even less of value to say in the stories, <laughs> which are the Fast Five stories that I'm not going to say that you need to know. Like, I won't. But you do need to listen to every episode of the show, and that will include this hodgepodge of stories. Jackie, here are the Fast Five stories that you... That you are about no, to hear. <laughs> no, by the way, here are the Fast Five stories. Here are the Fast Five stories. Gulp. And today's Fast Five stories that you certainly do not need to know are brought to you by Hulu's new show, Up Here. Up Here is a musical series rom-com about two characters, Lindsay and Miguel, juggling career and crushes as they try to find love in New York City in 1999. Featuring original music, Up Here is a rom-com all about falling in love and discovering that the greatest obstacle to finding happiness together is yourself. Well, yourself in the treacherous world of obsession, fears, memories, and fantasies that live inside our heads. It premieres on Hulu March 24th, and it's from the director of Hamilton, the screenwriter of Tick, Tick, Boom, and the songwriters uh, from the Book of Mormon and WandaVision. It's a true collaboration of experts in their disciplines. Thomas Kale from Ham- Hamilton, Stephen Levinson from Tick, Tick, Boom, Kristen and Bobby Lopez from the Book of Mormon and WandaVision. It's a story about two characters, Lindsay and Miguel, trying to find love in the big city. This is a story about the opinions of friends and family and how they manifest as voices in your head. Oh my, that's so true. A peer takes the inner voices of family and friends and shoves them into the daily lives of these everyday New Yorkers. It's filled with raunch and ridiculousness. Up here is about that magical time in your life when you had nothing figured out and all the time in which to think about it. I love that. I love that there are so many fabulous creators on this project. And I love a musicale, especially a spring musicale, which is exactly what Up Here on Hulu is. You can stream the musical rom-com Up Here on Hulu beginning March 24th. So mark your calendars. Again, the rom-com musicale. It's called Up Here. It's on Hulu March 24th. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's episode. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I mean, we were saying that yesterday. Look at me here. Wellness advocate. Mm, Tongue scraping advocate. Tongue scraping wench. You never would have seen that from me last year. So therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and your understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So whether or not you've tried therapy, I think BetterHelp is a great um, resource because it's so accessible. It's so easy. You don't have to get up and do all the awkward things that are like required with traditional therapy, like waiting in a 
in a waiting room with other people, making eye contact can be so hard. And then if you don't end up liking your therapist, it can be kind of discouraging to go and find another one. But BetterHelp makes it really easy to switch therapists if you're not jiving with the first or second one, which is totally normal. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely done online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash toast today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash toast. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Our first story, The View hosts are being slammed for not asking Hugh Grant about his rude Ashley Graham interview. So Hugh Grant went on The View this week to promote his new film, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, and all of the co-hosts noticeably avoided the elephant in the room. Instead, the ladies discussed the star's reunion with his former co-star Annie McDowell on the Oscar stage where they presented together for the best production design. So he went there, did a fluff interview. He's obviously headline news this week because of his viral moment with Ashley Graham. And, you know, these journalists didn't ask about it. And the, the tweeters were very disappointed. I get a fluff interview. I respect it. But the view is not you know historically a place where you can even do a fluff interview that's what they're known for you Mm -hmm. know hard-hitting angle you know opinions from all sides of the political spectrum yada yada like they're known to be like or at least maybe not recently but you know in historically if you're going to you're going into the lion's den and we're gonna mention it all right so i think this is a like very losery of the view and I'm sure that they were told by Hugh Grant's people, like, we're not talking about this Ashley Graham thing. But The View in this particular scenario has the power. The View is the bigger show. They don't, they don't need The View. The View doesn't need Hugh Grant. Yeah. Like, they could get anyone on the show. I think this is so losery and, like, so lame. And I think it really um, lowers a lot of the respect I think people have for The View and just, like, their journalistic Could it integrity. get lower, Turdy Lou, do you think? No, I know. I mean, I don't think The View is at at one point. I used to like really respect The View. Um, and I thought it was like a great idea. But I just think like over the last few years, it's kind of become a mess. And I feel like ev- literally every time I see something about The View, it's somebody apologizing for saying something like incredibly offensive. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't respect it in the way that I used to. And so hearing something like this is like actually not shocking. But I think like the... Not the current state of the view, but like the view franchise. The view of is your, better than this. The view the, of better your than would never, never. Barbara Walters would never. No. Sherry Shepard would never. Elizabeth Hasselbeck never. And like when you break it down, it's not like what happened between them is so unspeakable. You know, like right. Even if the publicist said we don't want to talk about it, like you still could talk about it. And Hugh Grant could just say what was going through his mind. Like honestly, it's really not that taboo. No, it's not something you have to like actively avoid. It's not the biggest scandal of the century, but it's so on the cusp of what everyone is talking about right now. If this interview was, this is like literally the week after the Oscars. If it was next week, okay, maybe a little bit more I could understand, but it's so of the moment right now. The view would have been better off just not having him as a guest. Yeah, because now they just look weak. They look weak and losery. Mm-hmm. And they're just like a bunch of Hollywood celebs protecting other Hollywood celebs. And you know what? There are enough like podcasts and interviewees who do that, that we don't need that. Like that's what we're tuning into The View for. It used to be this like spitfire. You couldn't believe some of the shit you were hearing. Like that's what it used to be. Yeah. No, but I do want to hear about Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Honor Among Thieves. No, and like that's the game you play when you have something to promote. Like you go and talk about the thing you are wanting to talk about, but then you also have to talk about shit you don't want to talk about. You have to give an interesting, engaging interview. It's not really just like fluff unless you're going, you know, on. I don't even know. I don't want to offend anyone, but. No, I know. But like, unless you're going on The View, because that's the reputation they're going to have now. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going on The View. It's weird. It's like, oh, I want to go to a fluff interview. Let me book The View. (laughs) And no one used to ever say that. No. Oh, man, I wrote about this in my book. You know, when we were canceled, I this was 2018. We got an email from The View, they were like, do you guys want to come on and like, you know, talk about it? Did I want, did I want to talk about it? Period. No. Did I want to talk about it on the fucking View? Like, Lion's Den? Absolutely not. 
Now, if I got that email and shit was happening in 2020, maybe I would. I think I could go for a fluff right. interview on The View. They might want to talk about your... My commitment to, you know, um, Holocaust education. Yeah. No, they probably wouldn't. Whoopi wouldn't want to talk about that. That doesn't no, work. No, Whoopi's been saying like a lot of crazy shit recently. Yeah, she keeps saying the same thing pretty much and then like apologizing, but then like saying, the, you know, the same thesis again oh also like total tangent but speaking of Whoopi Goldberg um when we were having a conversation last week about sequels that are just as good if not better than the original sister act because mm. the sequel is where with Lauren Hill yeah it's actually this that's when she like becomes a teacher and all the kids like travel in the sequel and it's actually it's better than the first damn Add it to the I think list. I actually saw sister act two before I even saw Sister Act mm. 1. And then I went back and watched it. Interesting. He taught me how. Oh, oh he, he taught, taught me how. how. Like Sister Act 2 had my Jewish ass at like the age of 11 singing, you know, about Jesus washing my sins away. And he did. He washed my sins away. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Repeat after me, Jax. Ready? La, 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 la. La 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 He taught me how Oh he taught me how Such like literally that scene chills That's a good song for remote podcasting a little call and repeat Yes yes because we can't really fuck up and sing like off noted and that one from passover yes yeah you know if you know you know that's the if you, if you know you know like that passover kind of like prayer i don't want to like say it and like i don't know why i feel like it's like desecrating even yeah, yeah, no, the, the part that i just did like doesn't have like the lord's name so we're fine right. um but if you know, if you, know, you, know. you know you know you know it's the literally bop season i don't know who Put that melody to that song, but like uh, Grammy, Grammy. No, and you should see the Ashley family satyrs when that part comes up. And Turdy Lou, and we all know at this point, like Turdy's taking the lead on that, and yeah. we're just her loyal followers. But you guys really bring it, like in terms of background energy. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, ready for our next story? Just clearing up some rumors for the from this week because Zendaya's yeah. stylist Law Roach is breaking his silence just to defend his relationship with Zendaya. So as we announced, he said he was retiring this week. We speculated to the ends of the earth as to what could have happened, even including like, you know, some sort of bragus with Zendaya. But he mm -hmm. is clearing that up saying, quote, so y'all really think I'm breaking up with Z? We are forever. She's my little sister and it's real love, not the fake industry love. So I just think it was a confusing week because this, this news was, you know, Sunday night, we were all gagged, gooped and gagged. And then throughout the week, like he's walking in the Hugo Boss fashion right. show and doing things that, you know, a retired fashion stylist doesn't do. So he did then clarify that he is retiring from the celebrity styling element of his work, but his work includes other things besides so that. Now he could still model. He could still be a judge on fashion shows. He could still design or whatever other things that he is doing, even though his main beat is the celebrity styling. Do you think he'll still style Zendaya though? I don't know. It's all just so unclear. So unclear. But just wanted to clear that up because that would be really sad. I also feel like Zendaya thus far in her career has really managed to avoid any sort of like drama. Like I can't think of anything, even though I, I think a lot of people speculate, is there weirdness between her and Bella Thorne? There's actually not like she's really avoided any sort of confrontation or like internet drama or scandal. And I'm curious what her thoughts are on this. Yeah. Because I, I feel like she, she doesn't do that. No, but she must know what happened. Yeah. To make him feel this way. So I'm sure she just supports him. Like, Hopefully, do what you have yeah. to do. Like, everyone needs to just do what is best for them. You know, you can't prioritize work in a space where you don't feel valued and you just feel like, especially when you're at the top of your game. No, no. Is that how you feel about the toast? You're at the top of your game and you don't feel valued? No, did I say that? No, it just sounded like you were speaking on experience, honestly. Like, no, no, no. I'm just like speaking as to how that might feel. 
Okay, I was just I'm just checking in always, you know. No, no, I feel I feel valued. Okay, good. I'm very. You feel supported, like as a mother and a woman. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Just so important to constantly be checking in. But it is like so crazy, and we were talking about this. Like, there's no reference point really that we have for like someone who does a daily show a female who does a daily show, whether it be like podcast or TV and they're like, there's no like backup hosts and Mm -hmm. we're, and I'm trying to have babies. Yeah, no, it's hard. And over the next like five, 10 years, when we're both having babies, it's going to be a hodgepodge of maternity leave drama. Right. But like, we'll still be here and we'll be doing as many shows as we can, but we don't even have something to reference as like, cause I was saying, what did they do? Yeah. What did they do? Like I was saying like, what if Joe Rogan was a woman and he was having kids? Right. And even Joe Rogan doesn't do every single day. He does like, I think three. Right. A week. And he also can bank episodes because they're just conversations. Right. Who's and so that's what does we were- a topical show. There are a lot of people like on um, networks and stuff who do that. But, but you have a whole network behind you. Yeah, they find like, replacements. GMA has a million hosts. If someone's out for maternity, like you don't even notice because there's so many people. Like who's yeah. someone that's at the helm of a daily show who's like needs to take maternity leave sometimes? I don't know. And I think like even the closest reference are like weekly podcasters who again are not topical and can bank bank episodes. So I don't know. Right. But even like a female weekly podcaster who's in, who's tops of the charts and has done maternity leave in their podcast. I feel like Lauren Bostick. Yeah. But they bank. They bank. That's what I'm saying. Like when you do interviews or things that aren't like news topical, it's easy to bank. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot easy, of, but it's, it's, a, it's a lot of banking, but then you can bank just as much as time you want off. You could literally bank right. for a year. Right. Yeah. So, so but I still feel supported. We're figuring it out together, but th- there's nothing to reference. Reference. We love principles that are set. We too. Precedent. We love Sorry, a precedent. precedent. We love a precedent. There's no precedent here. Zero. Drop a comment if you know of a precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? A little more clarification today. It's just a clarifying Friday. I love when things become clear, you know? Because Ben Affleck is on the cover of Hollywood Reporter's new feature issue. He's talking about a lot of things. Um, The thing we'll be focusing on is he's revealing the moment he appeared miserable at the Grammys. He's revealing what happened between him and his wife. So he denies having a bad time at the 2023 Grammys and claims his viral unenthused face was due to the host Trevor Noah catching him off guard for a skit. He said, I saw Trevor approach and I was like, oh God, they were framing us in the shot, but I didn't know they were rolling. Just before the skit began, cameras captured Ben, uh, ben having a conversation with his wife, JLo. He said she had been, uh, he's the star, I'm sorry. Ben said he had been joking with his wife, telling her, as soon as they start rolling, I'm going to slide away from you and leave you sitting next to Trevor. So then she goes, you better not fucking leave. That's a husband and wife thing. I mean, some of it is. I'm like, all right, who is this act? So in the clip, you see him whisper something and then you see him move to the side. He doesn't know that they're filming. He doesn't know that he's in frame. And then you see her saying, you better not fucking leave, which is exactly what a wife would say. Of and course. not in any sort of like acrimonious way. You know what J-Lo sounds like? Mm. An Aggie bitch wife. Love it. She sounds like an Aggie bitch wife and we respect and we love. And you know, I didn't really need an explanation. Like this is so weird to me. Like it just happened to be caught on camera. So it became a moment. But like people's like personal, I, I don't know, like, I don't need an explanation on this. The fact that he has to come on here and explain what five seconds taken out of context of him and his wife when they were really, they thought they weren't being recorded. They weren't purposely putting this content out. Like this feels so invasive to me. Like they don't owe us anything. No, they don't owe us an explanation. I think even when it happened, like our takeaway was not that, you know, this is a miserable couple who can't stand to be each other. Like, it's just like, this is five seconds in a lifetime of moments. And like, sometimes you just look a little miserable sitting next to each other. But I think people need to look inward on their own lives and think about how many times a day they look miserable next to their partner because that's life. But I'm just glad that he cleared this up. One, because it's a very simple explanation. And because clearly this is the truth. He's not... Ben Affleck isn't going to make something up and certainly not going to answer a question he doesn't want to answer. Right. But I feel like this is a great moment that we'll always be able to point to as like, you don't, you might see something and it looks like something, but it's not that something. And don't just jump to the worst conclusions. Like this to me makes complete sense. And I will use it as a reference going forward to be like, hey, you don't know what was said. Just give it a second. 
No, and by the way, like also just keep in mind like the context. It's such a long day. They've been getting ready for hours. They're standing. Their backs hurts. Probably wearing Spanx. He's uncomfortable in his thing. Like just you get that's part of the human experience is just getting irritated and more often than not you take it out on your partner so like I don't know I'm not this doesn't make me think they're headed for Splitsville no and I, I don't even think he was irritated he just like didn't want to be a part of the bit and didn't realize him saying I don't want to be a part of the bit was part of the bit yeah he didn't know that it had started plus it was a really wide lens wider than most a hundred percent. You know, they had that fisheye lens on because at other award shows, you don't get so many background characters. No, and you, when you know you're on camera, you're so like charismatic and it takes so much energy so that once you stop rolling, you automatically go to misery just so that you can conserve your energy for when you have to be like, yeah, again. Right. Also, he said like to him, this is his wife's work event that right. he thought would be like fun to go to. He said, I've been to some movie award shows. It's like speeches and sound mixing webinars, but I thought this would be fun. And now you have to put yourself in the situation of going to your spouse's work event and like, is it? Happy-go-lucky right. every minute of the event? No. Facts. Jacks are the facts, part two. And if they're about to do like a worky thing, you know, you don't want to be a part of it. I lit That would be me. A hundred percent. And it would also be me to say you're not fucking going anywhere. Oh my God. That would be putting it kindly. <laughs> I'd be like, sit your nasty ass down, you fucking bitch. No, I'm kidding. I would never say that. So honestly, this whole saga actually... I think I have a lot of faith in this couple. They're just a real couple. They're just like us, truly. I agree. And you know, I've been like seeing a lot of like paparazzi footage of J-Lo spending a lot of time with Ben and Jen Gardner's kids. And she's like a really involved stepmom and, you know, vice versa. I think it's really nice. Like, I, I think that these women have done a really good job of like being really mature and like putting the kids forward. They're both like really good stepmoms and stuff. And I think it's nice. So would you say they're blended? I would say they're blended. Yes. I think they're blending nicely from what I've seen. Mm, that's all you could hope for. Really. Yeah. And it's tough. You know, Jen Garner is a bigger woman than I'd ever be. I know. But she's remarried, right? And she's a toaster. So she's she so happy. And she's joy in her life since she's a toaster. Like, yeah, we found out this week that Jen Garner is a toaster. Now, I am not delusional enough to think she's like sitting down putting on the toast every day. I believe a lot of probably like the young, cool, fabulous girls who work for her are toasters and like are, you know, keeping her in the loop. Like, oh, Jackie loves Once Upon a Farm and that's Jen Garner's company. But Jen Garner did share, you know, a clip of us on her, of you actually on her stories and used a bunch of toasty lingo. And literally, so she, but she said, I'm a toaster. No, she didn't say she's a toaster. She wrote like, you know, we got to get a cooler of Once Upon a Farm on at the toast studio. She did say that. But let me. Just she didn't say the words "I am." No, Claudia, I really thought it. she did because otherwise I'm Hold like, on. I could find it because no, I posted it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, okay. I don't think she. I mean, I'll die, but that would be so like me to like not read the whole thing. Oh, oh my God! You hear that outside? It's a St. Patrick's Day parade. I could not get to work today. Okay, it's not on the story, but it might be in the comment on the video because, like, I wouldn't make that up. I'm not like delusional. No, you wouldn't make that up, but it might be like a Mandela yes, effect. Yes, she commented at Jackie Asher, yes, three hearts, I'm a toaster. No fucking way. I'm texting this to you. I'm, no, I'm looking it up right now. There's so many comments, though. Like, she literally... Wait, I don't even see it. Did you text it to yeah. me? Jackie, yes, I'm a toaster. No fucking way. All right, so Jen Garner, you're a toaster. Prove it. Come on the show. <laughs> yeah. Prove it, Jen. Yeah, but she literally like, said it. Can't it just be enough for someone to say it? It's no. Um, I'm, I don't believe. I'm. You know what? I'm so riddled with like and crippled by self doubt. I won't believe it till she comes on and looks me in the eyes and tells me. I know. No, you still wouldn't believe it. Hundred percent. I'd be like, "You're lying." Who said? Who said? No, it's like that story of like the man and God, and he's like drowning, and he's waiting to be saved. Oh my God, that is so weird that you just referenced that. Why? Because I always think about that, like just that whole thing. And then in this book that I'm reading, it was referenced. Oh wow, because like you could get all these signs, but you're still waiting for the big sign, and then God's like, "I literally sent you all these signs." Right. Right. And that's I was looking at my time hop, and a year ago we had this whole thing with Kylie being a toaster. Yeah. And it's crazy because I had all the screenshots on my phone. I'm like, we literally said, post a picture of your nails and post a picture of a tree. And she did and she did. And then we kept waiting for more confirmations. But it's like, you're so bitch, right. he sent you a boat. He sent you a helicopter. She is speaking facts. You're so right. Jen is a toaster. 
Period. Period. She said what she no said. No question mark. She said not, what she said. Not Jen is a toaster. No, Jen is a toaster, period. So back to our original point, she obviously has joy in her life. She has a right. full happy life. She has a wonderful business. She has a wonderful family. She listens to a wonderful podcast. Mm-hmm. I think Jen is just fine. I mean, I don't know how you could not be fine when like you are responsible for Jenna Rink. Like, I don't know how you could create that piece of art and not be like the happiest, most joy. And of course, life is hard for everyone. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. But I think at its core, you can't be Jenna Ring. You don't have that in you if you're not a deeply positive person. It's true. And to like have accomplished that artistry is a very fulfilling feeling. Must be like when Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. He was like feeling fulfilled and proud of himself. And you know what? This talk is making me feel like I want to do. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to a party in a limo. You should go to your events this weekend in a limo in honor uh, of Jenna 100%. Rink. 100%. Actually, you want to hear the weirdest thing? And just like make them drive through Times Square even though that's not where you're going. Okay, wait. You want to hear the weirdest mm-hmm. thing at the Jonas Brothers concert last night? They had these three girls come on stage and like read a passage from their book or whatever and just to like set the stage of like where they were at at the time in their lives when Lines, Vines, and Trying Times was coming out. And one of the girls was wearing the Jenna Rink dress. It's gone viral. No, I know. It's just like, it's, it was kind of weird. So cute. Why is that weird? It's such a cute dress. It was just like, I don't know, I just thought it was weird. It's like wearing, it's just like an iconic dress known for one thing. So to wear it as like on stage as a Jonas Brother like cast member, I don't know, I just thought it was weird. I like it. Does nobody else think that's uh, weird? Because I like it. I like it. Are you ready for our next story that you just sent me and I'm obsessed with? Okay, if it's the next story that's brought to you by <clears throat> the farmer's dog. When you look at bags of dog food, you'll see pictures of bright carrots, juicy steaks. But once you open the bag, all you're getting are burnt, smelly pellets. Dog food needs some fresh thinking. Feed your dog the farmer's dog, like I do. It's real, it's fresh, it's healthy food with whole meat and vegetables. It's gently cooked in human-grade kitchens. It preserves their uh, nutritional value, excuse me. So I started... the farmer's dog a few months ago because Theo had been like fluctuating with his weight and his coat was getting kind of dull. And I just felt like what I was feeding him was not cutting it anymore. Um, And I really am glad that I did because I've noticed such a big difference in Theo's weight. He's been like way more consistent with his weight. His coat is really shiny. Um, It is so easy. It comes pre-portions there. They come in ready to serve packs. They're convenient, conveniently delivered on my schedule. So dog people all across the country have ordered millions of meals from the farmer's dog. It's never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Knowing that Theo is eating food that like, you know, is similar to the food that I eat. It smells fresher. It looks fresher. It stays in the fridge, in the freezer. Like it's real food. It just feels better than like pulling out dry pellets from a cabinet. And um, if you've been thinking about changing, get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash toast. Plus you'll get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash toast to get 50% off. That's thefarmersdog.com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Modern Fertility. For a lot of us, the start of the new year feels like the right time to schedule doctor's appointments and check in with where we're at health-wise. But what about your reproductive health? Well, that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You'll mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve, other important factors that can impact your fertility, The results really go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review it with your doctor um, to think about next steps you want to take based on what type of information you get back from Modern Fertility. And as we all know, traditional hormone testing at fertility clinics are really expensive. They can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones that they do at at a clinic, and it costs only $179. And if you use our code, modernfertility.com slash toast, you'll get $20 off your test. So your test will be $159. And you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA or your HSA. So if you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound information about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, go to modernfertility.com slash toast because Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test. So that means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modern modernfertility.com slash toast. That's modernfertility.com slash T-O-A-S-T. Thank you, Modern Fertility, for sponsoring today's episode. Check it out. 
Great. Our next story. Mr. Beast is stirring backlash after asking fans to fix Walmart displays for his Feastables chocolate bars. So Jimmy Donaldson, the stunt YouTuber, better known as Mr. Beast, tweeted an unconventional request to followers on Friday, sparking backlash and inspiring memes. So he posted photos of he has a chocolate bar and snack and candy line called Feastables. He posted photos of those tings on the shelf at Walmart and some of the displays are Fakakta and he said I need your help next time you see Feastables in Walmart and soon to be new retailers if you could clean up the presentation and make it look better that'd make me very happy I'm building a team to do this routinely just need help in the short term so they the Feastables account also shared that fans who clean the Walmart displays can enter a contest to win $5,000 participants have to submit before and after shelfies of the display to be considered for the monthly drawing according to their website so some fans are participating and being super respectful and like are helping out their boy others appeared more unsettled by the request Several criticized him for asking fans to work without compensation. Someone said, quote, it's fascinating to watch the stage of capitalism where people are honored to do free labor for rich people that don't care about them because they feel some kind of connection and loyalty like a dog wanting a treat. Only the treat is an imagined feeling of connection. And or potentially $5,000, but okay, go off. Someone else said, God, if I had $14 million every time a rich person asked poor people to do free labor. Also, some other memes were spawned. One actually really made me laugh. It was like a guy tied up. <laughs> I saw that. It was a picture of a guy like bound in tape, and it said, Mr. Beast, I caught this. <laughs> it was really funny. Beast, I caught this man after his shoulder brushed a feastable stick. <laughs> After his shoulder brush a Feastables display and one of your chocolates and one of your chocolates fell to the ground. He is pleading for mercy, but I do not believe he is truly sorry. How, how shall I deal with him, that sir? Is- fucking funny hold on my okay and even though oh and then another one is a meme it says when you don't organize mr beast's chocolate bars and it's a screenshot from his video called yeah i hunted 100 people (laughs) anyways even though i'm laughing at these memes because they're really funny i i thought what he said was really nice and i have no issue with it and if the people who want to know if his fans want to help him out that's really sweet like it is really hard to you know get like hire enough people to go to every this is a problem like the biggest companies in the world have. yeah and so if you are a fan of his and like want to help him out here i think it's a really nice thing as far as it being like free labor like it, it takes two seconds just to like make something nice and you can enter to win five thousand dollars like this is so harmless. People like love to come for Mr. Beast. And I feel like he's actually a really easy person to defend because it's not like he's just getting rich off Feastables and laughing in his mansion. He's donating like almost so much of the money that no, he makes. Jackie, to- he literally donates all the money he right. makes. Like he doesn't, he's, yes, he's like rich, but he's not like, you know, flamboyantly wealthy like he literally gives money back that's the point every money he always says like every dollar that comes in is meant to go back out and by the way I saw this tweet organically like when he posted it and I didn't think anything of it I'm like oh that's actually pretty smart if you have that sort of like loyal yeah like you have like these boots on the ground uh people who just like want to help and because they like you not because they're like dog waiting for a treat beast beast smile down on me like and he wasn't asking people to drive to every Walmart in their state. They're like, he's like, if you're at Walmart and you like are buying it or you're passing it, like just give it a little refresher. Honestly, I don't I think would, there's like, anything wrong with this. I, I'm not a beastie queen, but I, now if I see it, like I would fix it up for him. Like it's so nice. And no one's holding a gun to people's head. Right. And even if this, he was just like an influencer who was, had his product line and all the money comes to him and he wasn't like this charity focused influencer. Like mm-hmm. I would still be inclined to defend this ask because I don't think it's that crazy. But the fact that like knowing he's not just like sitting around getting cheap free labor right. from people, like he's giving back to everyone in every way. Like there's no crime done. Yeah, no, I think a lot of like the funny memes were meant like in good fun. But then people over here being like this capitalist bullshit free labor. Calm down. Like just so don't do it. No, one's, he's not holding a gun to anyone's head. Um, and he said he's work. It's not like a long term solution. It's a problem they're having that they're trying to fix. But in the meantime, you know, if you happen to be in Walmart, I really don't think it's a big deal. No, I really don't at all. I think it's honestly a pretty um, crafty idea, you know, to how yeah. to galvanize your fans and 
I, I have no issue with it, though. The memes have cracked me up. <laughs> no, they were they were extremely funny. Yeah. So um, everyone just calm down, okay? Yeah. Like, I feel like people are always coming for Mr. Beast. Like, and I, he's really never done well, anything It's wrong. like, on the one hand, I always am going to be inclined to defend an influencer under attack. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm always going to be inclined to defend Mr. Beast because he's like a charitable influencer. Like, he's only ever trying to do good. No, and there was like a big takedown of him by that, you know, brain dead writer who we know. <laughs> um, and I think like his crime was like a couple of years ago, he said the R word. And like, let's just be honest with one another. Like, who hasn't, you know? No. When we were in high school, I'm just going to say it now. Like, oh my God, every other word out of my mouth was the R word. I like, it was every, everyone I knew did. So I'm just saying like, that's the worst crime. We'll be okay. No, and it's like, you just like to hold someone and judge them based on like the smallest worst thing that they've done in their entire life of good mm -hmm. work. Like, right. Are you blind? Right. No, you're not blind because Mr. Beast cured your blindness. <laughs> Though he is ableist for doing so, Tony Lowe. Right. Right. He is ableist for doing so. Um, yeah. I, the thing is like, I low-key know nothing about Mr. Beast. I just like always find myself defending him because when I see his content um, and it's never like I'm actively seeking it out or always he's so viral. It just comes across my desk. He's literally like, thinking of new ways to give $10,000 to like college students with to help them with their with their loans to give them new computers literally he went to London like I think a few weeks ago with like a suitcase full of new iPhones and we're just giving them out to people on the street people were like crying like wh what are we doing why are we actively trying to take this person down I don't know and you know what the more successful feastables is the more resources right. what's his name has to buy more iPhones wads of cash share more blindness Right. Like, you know what I'm here for? You know what? I'm driving to my no, local like, Walmart. I don't see Mr. Beast stuff anywhere because I'm not like on YouTube and my category definitely wouldn't be stunt YouTube. Like every time I see him it's, in the news. By the news, way, it's not stunt YouTube. They called him a stunt YouTuber because he does okay, like okay. these stunts. Like going around London and giving out iPhones is a stunt. It's a good one, but like stunt. I, I guess. Anyways, every the only time I see his work is because he's like getting some sort of backlash. And every time I'm confronted with like what he's up to, I'm like, this is a great guy. Yeah. So it's not working. I've never seen a piece of content of, of his that made me dislike him. Yeah, that I was actually like, do better, beast. Right. Do better, beast. <laughs> Title. <laughs> Are you ready for our fifth and final story? I'm itching. Which itching is no laughing is. matter. And oh, I want to yeah. get through the details because the headline like it makes it seem one way. But I, there's just a lot to the story. Anyways. A former Family Feud contestant is now accused of killing his wife. And when he was on Family Feud, he joked on the show saying that the biggest mistake was saying I do. Now, listen up. A former Family Feud contestant who's accused of killing his estranged wife joked on the show that his biggest mistake was marrying her. That's not what he said. But okay. okay. Timothy Blythnick and some of his family members were contestants on the game show in Family Feud in an episode that aired in 2020. Steve Harvey asked Blythnick, what's your biggest mistake you made at your wedding? And he said, honey, I love you, but, but quote, said I do as the biggest mistake. But isn't oh. Family Feud like... You have to think what other people would have said. Right. So he said, not my mistake, not my mistake. I love my wife. I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? The episode was okay. originally taped in the fall of 2019. According to Fox News, Blythnick was charged on Monday with two counts of first-degree murder and home invasion and the death of his 41-year-old estranged wife, Rebecca Blythnick, who was found dead in her Quincy, oh. Illinois home on February 23rd after she didn't pick her kids up from school. The couple was going through a divorce at the time of the slaying. Okay, so uh, wait, hold on. They've been oh, separated sorry. for two years. The attorney told people, um, the attorney said that her client, a sales executive who starred in football at Quincy University in Illinois, maintains his innocence. Uh, someone from the community said, quote, he's never been arrested for battery, domestic battery, anything violent, anything ever. He was fully employed. There was tremendous pressure from the community for an arrest to be made. And naturally, the estranged spouse is going to be the number one suspect, regardless of other circumstances. Uh, this is the attorney who said this. He was active in the community. He was a youth football coach. He was actively involved in his church here. A lot of people knew him. It's very surprising that this is where the family is at right now. He's your standard all-American Western dad uh, they said there was evidence of a break-in at the home and that's an allegation that police are still looking into based upon evidence that they've sent to the crime lab and other evidence that they've collected along the way she added that a, there was a window that was broken but it's not clear if the window was broken from the outside or the inside um, so he's been arrested for the murder of his wife 
in this article, I'm not seeing details that make it clear what evidence supports that it was him, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that they were estranged and he said this on Family Feud, which obviously right. doesn't age well. No, it doesn't. It honestly ages completely fine. I think the headline, I agree, is misleading. Um, he wasn't speaking from personal experience. He was trying to win the game. Um, so I just think it's crazy that, like, you know, this uh, case is going on and these people happen to be on Family Feud. That's what I think is crazy. Yeah. No, it's there's a lot of craziness, crazy coincidences. The fact that that was even the question on his particular episode. Yeah. Um, so he is accused and has been arrested for her murder, but it's ongoing. And obviously his attorney is going to say the nicest things about him and try of and course. make him seem... Um, innocent. Innocent. But there's nothing else in this article aside from them having, like, being estranged that would point to like why and how he did it. Right. Maybe I guess we'll have to, I'm sure there's evidence. Cause like the police don't just go around arresting people right, right. without evidentiary support and like a warrant evidentiary support. Um, but we shall see. So this reminds me of that judge Judy episode with her bailiff. You see that clip? No, it was like, it there was an episode of judge Judy and the the um the person who was in the court like was being accused of something um with his wife and then he pointed to the bailiff and said that guy doesn't look happily married and everyone laughed whatever and then like a few years later bailiff accused of killing his wife you're kidding no judge judy's bailiff i feel like she's had the same one i don't know i i have to it was like a video like a that was going viral a recap video. a recap video that was going about i don't know the details let me i could I could Google Judge Judy Bailiff murder. Judge Judy Bailiff murder. Judge. I mean, it's like a TikTok video. So be a famous TV show bailiff accused of killing his wife. Or maybe it wasn't Judge Judy. Maybe it was just another court show. I love Judge Judy. Jewish queen, judicial queen, rich queen. I love that for her. Yeah. Anyways, I'll send you the video when I when we're done here. Please do. Um, well, that's our show. We weirdly went over an hour, even though um, there was nothing to talk about. But you know what? I had a good time. I did have a good time. And you don't like need to know these stories, but I felt like they were fun to talk about. Uh, I have no regrets. I have no regrets like in this it. moment. No regrets. Right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I already cast box, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us the Toast the Five Star Review. Better, but feel stunning and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Stay safe. You know, follow us on Instagram. Yeah. And engage with our content if, you know, that's what we're here to and do. And send this podcast to a friend. If each yes. and every one of you got one person to be a toaster then we our numbers oh would jackie double. don't act like mr beast having other people do your work for you yeah but send this podcast to another bitch and make her become a toaster and then our numbers double overnight yeah our numbers double overnight love that hmm. love you guys bye love ya bye